Welcome to Health Talks Now, bringing you the facts you need to keep you and your family well. We're happy you're tuning in today. Baptist Health is committed to providing compassionate, high-quality care that is centered on you. Listen to all of our podcasts to hear from Baptist Health physicians about the latest medical advancements and treatments. And get trusted information on timely health topics from our healthcare professionals. Whether you want to learn more about a specific condition or procedure or find tips for living a healthy lifestyle, Baptist Health is here to help you become a healthier you. Welcome back to another episode of Health Talks Now, a podcast brought to you by Baptist Health. Today, we're wrapping up a conversation we started last week with Dr. Eli Pendleton of Baptist Health Medical Group Primary Care. If you didn't catch that episode, you'll want to go back and listen to part one to start the discussion about men's health and topics many shy away from addressing. Let's jump right back in. Well, let's now go on to a subject that's going to affect everybody, aging. It's inevitable, and I think it's important to raise awareness. What are some immediate concerns you can share about getting old? <laughs> well, yeah. I always tell my patients, you know, life is terminal. There's really nothing you can do. Yeah, I like that. While we may say getting old is rough, it sure beats the alternative. Yeah, and sure. getting old doesn't have to feel like you're getting old necessarily. I think that if you work hard to take care of yourself in your 20s, in your 30s, then 40 really doesn't have to feel all that old. If you take care of yourself in your 40s, 50 doesn't have to feel all yeah. that old. Now, that is a somewhat privileged position. Because I think that within our state, there are lots of people who aren't raised in cultures that necessarily focus on this and don't necessarily have jobs available to them that are easy on their bodies and all that sort of thing. There's still choices that can be made. The saying that everybody makes choices off their menu, but not everybody has a choice as to the menu that they have. Mm, yeah. So I think that there needs to be some recognition of that. But I think that across the spectrum, if you are kind to your body, it will be kind to you over the long term. And if you're really hard on your body, then when you come in and you're 55 and those bills come due, as it were, there's not a whole lot that you can do. Yeah. It's a lot of deferred maintenance. Right. You know, it's like sometimes I'll say to guys, if you didn't change the oil in your car for as long as you possibly could, and then all of a sudden your engine seized up. Yeah, you wouldn't be What's surprised. What's the mechanic supposed to tell you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's ways it could have been avoided. Yeah. You'd be like, well, this makes sense. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's why my job is to really try to help people live their best lives. And so it works best if I can help you get started early on and help establish some good habits such that you're not only older, obese, and your joints hurt, but you're also regretting it. Yeah. Which is especially hard. Yeah. Well, let's talk about low testosterone. What causes it? And what are some of the things that somebody might say, hey, something's going on here. What are some of the symptoms? Sure. Sure. Well, you know, low testosterone is an interesting thing. I, I think that it's also somewhat faddish. It's become very in vogue to talk about. And I think that it's my most cynical opinion is it's simply one more measuring stick by way of comparing yourselves to other people. And it's not all that useful in that way. Mm -hmm. All guys, their testosterone level drops as they get older. Mm -hmm. And it's a predictable drop, and it has to do with 
change in body composition, change in exercising, changes in diet, etc. And so it's predictable. And there have been some really interesting studies showing that within the normal range of testosterone, if you were to line a bunch of guys up and they all had varying levels of testosterone, you wouldn't be able to, to look at them and figure out just by looking at them who has high testosterone and who has low testosterone. Oh, that's interesting. Meaning that within the normal range, it all seems to work more yeah. or less the same. Right. So if you're below the normal range, then yes, that's a problem. And sometimes supplementation can help. Yeah. Supplementation within that normal range really doesn't have a lot of great evidence behind it. Other than you can tell your friend that your testosterone is higher than theirs. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> um, <laughs> that's about it. Obviously, if your testosterone is really low, yeah, then it can cause a drop in your sex drive. It can cause poor erections, mm-hmm. low sperm count, etc. And interestingly, in a lot of cases, low testosterone is related to the other chronic diseases that are there as well. So your diabetes, mm-hmm. people who are obese, who have high blood pressure, who have diabetes also likely have low testosterone because it's all parcel. Yeah. And the truth is that supplementing your testosterone in those cases isn't nearly as useful as improving your diabetes, high blood pressure yeah. and weight. Can it lead to infertility? It can, sure. Yeah. But age-related low testosterone, guys maintain the ability to make kids longer than women on average, but it's the rare 55-year-old who's having kids. Yeah, sure. Well, let's wrap up by giving some takeaways for men and go decade by decade of what they need to know. I've read that 60% of men don't go to their doctor regularly, and three out of five get an annual physical And just over 40% go to the doctor when they fear they have a serious medical condition. So (laughs) I know it's kind of alarming. So let's just give them what they want, an organized list of concerns. Start us off with men in their 20s. This is typically, you're at your peak. So what should men be focusing on with regard to their health in their 20s? Establishing a, a medical home is really important. Just finding a physician that you feel comfortable with, realizing that that overall experience is going to be pretty benign. Mm -hmm. If I can just put a shout out to the insurance companies here, having a premium discount related to annual physicals has helped a lot. Yeah, sure. That's why I see a lot of the younger folks, but coming in, realizing that there's ways that you can communicate with your physician regularly to just ask little questions, that sort of thing. That's really important. Getting STD screening as needed is really important. Getting vision screening, if, if you feel like you aren't seeing as well, mm-hmm. you know, I always address high risk behaviors. So kind of the sex, drugs, rock and roll talk, Yeah, smoking still in this state, we still have a lot of people who are smokers. And so working really hard on smoking, I always tell people that if you quit smoking, you have outdone me in everything I can do to improve your health. Oh, wow. Yeah. That has more impact than pretty much every other thing I can do combined. And then talk about, do you need to get your cholesterol screened? Do you need to be screened for diabetes? Is there basic routine blood work that needs to be done? A lot of times it's academic. A lot of times it's, okay, well, we're going to check these things. And then if they're high, I'm going to tell you to work on your lifestyle first. I'm not going to throw you on a medication necessarily. Sure. And then skin exams, that sort of thing, if you're getting a lot of sun. That's one of those bulletproof things too is, I don't need to wear sunscreen. I'm going to get my summer tan. Right. Right. Yeah. And that'll catch up with you too. So that you can get your skin cancers burned off. Exactly. Yeah. We'll be right back. When it comes to your health, no topic is off limits. 
even when you're outwardly healthy and fit. Scheduling regular exams helps us catch problems early to help you stay that way. Find a primary care doctor for awareness, prevention, regular screenings, and referrals. Visit baptisthealth.com slash provider to get started. So let's go on to the 30s now. I think many things look the same in their 30s as they did in their 20s, but their body is changing. What do men in the 30s need to know? A lot of times in the 30s, that's when stress starts to really kick in some more. This is work stress. This is potentially family stress. This is starting to, that stress starting to take a toll on your mental health. Yeah. So focusing on how is your mood, also high-risk behaviors, just as before, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, what kind of coping skills are you using? Are those healthy coping skills, et cetera? Still looking into getting cholesterol and diabetes screening. Mm -hmm. You can certainly talk about fertility concerns. If you are trying to have a baby and you're having a hard time with that, let us know because Mm -hmm. it's certainly relatively easy to look into and we can try to help with that frustration. And then maintaining a healthy weight. If somebody's been struggling to conceive, how long should a man wait until they bring you into the conversation? We typically give people a solid year of trying before we, we really look into problems. I think that especially this day and age with so many women having been on birth control for a really long time, mm-hmm. and that sometimes takes a while for hormones to balance out again. Yeah. But, you know, I think that it's very common that when you, when you have the trouble having a kid, the assumption is that the woman is having fertility problems. Right. And I think it's just as important to report that you're having a difficult time if you're a guy so yeah. that we can look into your side of things as well. So turning 40... It's a milestone. And as many men enter this season of life, what's on their mind as they navigate middle age in addition to the things we've talked about? Aches and pains, not feeling like you can do some of the things that you you used to be able to do. Remember that this is where you really need to add in some stretching, some resistance training if you're not doing that sort of thing, just Mm -hmm. to try to maintain your muscle mass and maintain your flexibility. Mm -hmm. We start to do a little bit more screening for diabetes and cholesterol, especially if your weight's high. Colonoscopies, we start when you're 45, depending on your risk factors. That's a relatively new recommendation. Okay. Or we at least start talking about colorectal cancer screening. There are now stool tests, which we can do that don't involve colonoscopy. So there are options. Hmm. Nobody enjoys a colonoscopy. No, right. (laughs) It's a known fact. Right, exactly. (laughs) We don't do prostate screening. A lot of guys are, I think, turned off about the doctor because they're worried they're going to get their prostate screen. We don't do that nearly as routinely anymore. It's a more targeted screen, and that starts mm. typically when you're 50. Okay. All of this obviously depends on, on risk factors sure. and family history as well. This is also the decade where we really start to focus on bad health behaviors and, yeah. and emphasizing that some of those are going to catch up to you. It's worth thinking about. Is osteoporosis a concern for men at this age? It's often portrayed as a women's disease. I think that that's usually more so in the 50s. I think that okay. it depends. You know, there are certainly popu- there are certainly patients, populations of people who if they've been on steroids for a long time for musculoskeletal problems or inflammatory problems, then they're at higher risk of osteoporosis if they don't get a lot of weight-bearing exercise, those sorts of things. Then we do talk about it, but we certainly don't screen it nearly as aggressively. Got it. So then let's go right into the 50s. 
what do they need to know to be healthy in life, in retirement and beyond? Sure. Well, 50s is when we start vaccinating against shingles. That's a relatively new recommendation. So prior to that, flu shots are really the only recommended shots every year. And then at 50, we start with shingles vaccines. We start doing pneumonia vaccines sometimes, depending on other risk factors. We start doing more aggressive colorectal cancer screening, whether Mm -hmm. it's the stool test or the colonoscopy. Yeah. The routine blood work, just like we've done all along, sometimes this is where we start to see more skin lesions popping up kind Mm -hmm. of in your fifties and sixties is when you get most of your moles. And so we're looking at those and making sure that we're keeping a catalog of what's known, what's different, what's changing. Break down the shingles vaccine for somebody who may have heard of it, but not really understand why you would need it. The new shingles vaccine is called Shingrix and it's shingles is a reactivation typically of the same virus that causes chicken pox. And it can cause a burning, itchy rash that typically pops up on one side of the body. And it is, it's not fun. It's pretty painful, isn't it? Oh, it it can be very painful. Yeah. Yeah. And it can, it affects older people more aggressively. Then similarly, or likewise, just as bad are the after effects. You can get what's called post-herpetic neuralgia, where you don't have a rash anymore, but you still have that itching, burning pain that just lasts and lasts. And it can be really aggravating anyway so it's a it's a two-shot series okay one at the time starting at 50 okay and then another one six months later Hmm. good to go interesting okay so if a listener listening to this podcast only takes away one piece of advice from you today what would you want it to be point your stubborn in the right direction just like you said yeah (laughs) have a medical home recognize that this is just routine maintenance like it is for anything else in your life and Deferred maintenance is going to have the same effects as it would for your car or anything else. I think that's a good analogy. Doctors mm-hmm. in general are we, we're not we're not there to be intimidating, and we're really trying to connect with you and, and help you understand your own health and what you can do to improve it. Well, as a new friend to our podcast, I'm going to catch you slightly off guard here for that's a okay. candid moment that our listeners have really come to love. Are you up for a little rapid fire Q and A? Hit me. Here we go. Why did you go into medicine? Because my dad's a doctor. What kind of doctor? He's a family doctor. So it, a lot of it was kind of hero worship. Yeah. And then I, I, re- I realized once I was in med school that I actually really liked it. Cool. What's your favorite restaurant? That's a tough one. It was, and I hope it will be again, Holy Grail. <sighs> That's such a good, cool place, isn't it? I know. It's I know. shut down. I know. It's so sad. What's a quirky, fun fact about you? I'm a coffee snob. What's your favorite? My own. <laughs> you, do you roast your own? No, I don't. No, no, I don't. Oh. No, that, I was going to be very I impressed. I don't roast my own, no. <laughs> um, I, I generally like light roasts. Um, okay. I generally like Central American and South American light roasts. Okay. Other than medicine, what is something you're very passionate about, a cause, an activity? What's something that really sets fire in your heart? I do a lot of LGBT care. And I am very passionate about LGBT issues Mm -hmm. and minority issues and social justice issues. Yeah. What's a guilty pleasure grocery item that you can't resist and just always makes it in the cart? Oh, pimento cheese. Yum. Right? I know. So good. So good. Well, Dr. Eli Pendleton, how can our listeners reach you? They can hit me up at Deer Park Family Doctors 
which is 451-5955. Give us a call and schedule an appointment. Thank you so much for making time to chat with me today. It's been really fun. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, that's a wrap with Dr. Eli Pendleton of Baptist Health Medical Group Primary Care. Thanks for listening in. I hope you found today's episode helpful and that maybe it even challenged you a bit. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you liked what you heard today, leave us a review. You can check out all of our episodes at healthtalksnow.com and you can find a provider near you anytime by visiting baptisthealth.com slash provider. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Health Talks Now. Staying healthy is a lifelong commitment and Baptist Health can provide the support you need to lower your risks, improve your quality of life, and protect your long-term health. Visit baptisthealth.com to hear our other podcasts, learn about our services, and find more tips to help you stay a step ahead of your health. Baptist Health, be a healthier you. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as medical advice. The content in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast is not designed to replace a physician's medical assessment and medical judgment. Always seek the advice of your physician with any questions or concerns you may have related to your personal health or regarding specific medical conditions. To find a Baptist Health provider, please visit baptisthealth.com.